Spotify have recently been expanding their selection of podcasts for you to stream in their entirety, and All My Friends Are In Bar Bands is one of the latest additions to that library. That's right, you can now go onto Spotify, type in All My Friends Are In Bar Bands, go through the list, and stream every single episode we've ever done. The great thing about being on Spotify is that now you can search for artists specifically, and our episode will come up. Say, for example, you wanted to listen to our episode with Amy Shark that came out last year. Easy. Just type Amy Shark, scroll down from the artists, and go to podcasts. You'll see it right there, and you'll be able to click directly through to the episode. And that works for pretty much every guest we've ever had. As long as they're on Spotify, so is our episode. Head over to Spotify right now, go to the podcast section, type in All My Friends Are In Bar Bands, and stream to your heart's content. It's David James Young here for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and checking this out. Great to have your company for this Friday morning, evening, whenever you might be listening to this. It might not even be Friday by the time that you hear this, but uh, it is Friday when this episode goes up. So if you're one of the early birds, hello, you have caught the worm. Today's guests are Press Club. We're speaking to one half of Press Club. We're talking to the rhythm section, Ian on bass and Frank on the drums. I met Press Club for the first time back in March when they were on tour with the Smith Street Band and Beck Sandridge. We decided to knock this one out while we had a window of time before Press Club's sold out show at the Chippo in, well, Chippendale. Uh, it's a very, uh, Descriptive name, really. Big thanks to Danae over at Little Giant for helping to set this one up. Massively appreciated. If you haven't seen Press Club already, I could not recommend them higher. They are responsible for one of the most high-octane, big-energy live shows that is happening in the Australian rock circuit right now. So do yourself a favour and get along to a show. Before we get into it, as always, a reminder. This podcast is made possible with the support of its listeners, i.e. you. If you're enjoying what we're doing, then perhaps uh, consider leaving a review over on Apple Podcasts or sharing it through your social media, through your Twitter or your Instagram, or even mention it directly if you have a friend that is into any of the artists that we've spoken to on the podcast. Also, if you're interested in supporting the podcast financially and helping to keep the lights on, then you can consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can help keep this podcast up and running and support both it and myself financially. We really, really appreciate that support. As we do at the start of every month, want to give a massive thank you to all the loyal patrons helping to support this podcast and being absolute legends in their own right. Thanks again to Amy Gray, Andrew Nicholson, Blake Hennequin, Chris Bowden, Eleanor Shepard, Elliot J. O'Neill, Hazel Chan, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Karen Dennis, Leslie Bowden, Liam Sherlaw, Lily Belnick, Matthew Lynch, Max Quinn, Nick McCorriston, Rachel Maria Cox, Ryan Dunn, Sian Vanakudi, 
Simon Barth, Tom Brown, Tom Kennedy, Tom Jenkins, and Zoe Lane. If you would like to join that list of legends, then you can by heading over to patreon.com slash barbands. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash barbands. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch, barbandspod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at barbandspod. All my friends are in barbands.com, patreon.com slash barbands. I think that's about it. That's uh, that's pretty much every possible way that you can contact us. All right, let's get into it right now. Coming live and direct from Melbourne, Australia, this is Ian and Frank from Press Club. everyone, I'm David Jenjunk and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friends, Press Club. Hi. Hello. Hello. Please introduce yourselves. I'm Ian. And I'm Frank from Press Club. <laughs> I'm also from Press Club. There you go. I'm not from Press Club. I'm, I'm the odd one out in this situation, unfortunately, but uh, that's okay. We can work with that. I, I, like the, I like the two-on-one dynamic. We we'll can make this that. work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Friday night. We're, at, uh, we're in glorious surrounds of Chippendale in Sydney and uh, Press Club are here uh, to kick off their late teens headlining tour. Welcome back to Sydney, folks. Thank you. Happy to be here. Love it here. Wonderful. It's freezing in Melbourne. (laughs) When was the first time you guys came through? When was the first time we came to Sydney? Uh, It would have been been at Lansdowne. I think we were supporting um, Kingswood. Was that the first gig? Yeah, yeah. I think that was the first gig. It was definitely Lansdowne. How was that? Great. Yeah, it's good fun. We love that place, Lansdowne. Yeah. I think I think we went there, I think we got there on one of the first few weeks it was open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When they were um, doing those big gigs, like, every weekend. It was great. Good times. Good, good venue. Time. Yeah. I came across you guys all properly, properly acquainted for the first time on the, the tour with the uh, previous guest of the show, the Smith Street Band, and uh, left-hand friend of the show, Ms. Beck Sandridge. That yeah. was a that was a hell of a tour. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah. We just, we, I mean, to, I mean for us, I think we really just got off that tour. Like it was probably finished over a month ago. It finished ages yeah. ago, but it feels like it. Only you still, just, yeah. So yeah. it's like the jet lag thing, you know. It's just kind of recovering on delay. It's just like, oh yeah. shit. It was, only, yeah. it was only like seven weeks, but yeah, it feels. I mean, like say it was... only. <laughs> it, it adds up. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine that would have been a big one for you guys, like getting out to places you hadn't played in the past, and you know, in some instances, playing some of the biggest shows you guys have played. Totally, absolutely, absolutely. very the much biggest so. shows we've played. Yeah, absolutely, mm. it was it was incredible. And and apart from that, apart from the big shows, it was great to do shows in places like Darwin and Alice Springs, places that Cairns, we, yeah, Cairns, yeah, Alice places we would never just would never would have been to. We I don't think anyone would have heard of us before. Yeah, it's it really great. it's a really good opportunity to hit like regional Australia. Yeah, it's such a huge country. Like, and not many bands actually hit those areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
for spoil. For sure, for sure. So, I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something where maybe you were watching it on TV or hearing on the radio or something like that, to being something where it's just like, this is what I want to do. I want to play an instrument, I want to be a musician, I want to be in a band. So, uh, yeah, right. uh, yeah. Uh, Frank, tell us about how uh, music kind of affected into your childhood and your upbringing, and uh, yeah, if there was a moment where you realised, oh, this is what I want to do. It's funny, isn't it? Like, I mean, me and Ian went to high school together. Right. We, we were playing in bands together when we were what, 13, 14 yeah, years old. Yeah, right. So, I suppose our stories would be really, really similar. Yeah, fucking awful bands, but like... Really bad. But, <laughs> and, and I suppose at that point, I wasn't that seriously into it, you know. It was just something... It was like a hobby. It was mm. like something I did on the weekends, something we did after school. I guess it wasn't something I took seriously until... When my parents realised I was into music. Right. They started paying for lessons. Right. They started paying for drum lessons, not just like lessons at school or um, school programs. You know, I started going and seeing a drum teacher and I started getting into it and really starting to think about, really started getting into like how the, the depth of music and how, mm. and being taught how to, you know, sort of like listen and, and, and play and, 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 and you know, the, te the theoretic side of things. Yeah. So I guess that was it. Probably like 15, 16 years old, I started really getting into my instrument. And that's what got me into playing music as much as I can. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Ian? I think um, almost identical to Frank because, like you said, we've been playing together since we were 12 or 13 years old. Yeah, wow. In Australia's uh, worst bands. Um, <laughs> And it's, music's always been omnipresent for me, like, like as well as Frank. My parents are musicians, and it's always been a really big part of our... It was a really big part of my growing up, and it's still a really big part of our entire family's existence. Yeah, you know? sure, sure, sure. It was never really a choice to start playing. It was always just something that was just an inevitability, I guess. Like it was something that I was raised into. And then, like Frank, I think maybe around the time we started jamming and, like year nine or whatever when we were like 15, 16 that's when I started to like actually focus on getting better I guess yeah. and like actually putting any effort into it instead of just meandering around mm, mm. and that's I, I mean I didn't put like I've never really put all my eggs in the music basket but I kind of that's where I, the focus was born I think right yeah. yeah I mean I guess with both of us it's just something that just gradually happened like we both grew up in musical our households mm. we both wanted to play in bands and see what that was like and then it just gradually grew we both into... studied at the same music school as well after, yeah, right. after high school yeah so I guess we just sort of it, 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 it's just more of like a inevitability like you said yeah mm. yeah totally so you grew up in a similar area to one another yeah around the corner yeah right yeah we went so, to high school together right right we better like a good little like crew of um like really musically inclined friends in high school mm. who are all still in bands as well all still in bands yeah right was this like suburban Melbourne or whereabouts? Yeah, in, in Brunswick. Brunswick, in Brunswick Case, yeah, in sure. Coburg. Just, yeah, all went to Brunswick Secondary College. Right, right, yeah. So, obviously, you know, pretty close to, you know, various music scenes there as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. You know, absolutely. like, uh, were you going out to shows and stuff was, early on? That was a huge yeah. part of our, like, our social development, our entire social lives. Like, we'd, when we were underage, we'd go to gigs on Saturday afternoon our parents would give us 20 bucks we'd go to a show we'd yeah. have a glass of coke and watch some of the like like the most iconic bands that I've ever seen and absolutely been like humongously formative 
to the music that we're playing now, like shows in the art house or weird uh, freezer shows in yes. the like, outlying suburban kind of YMCA's. Mm. And there's a lot of people from other bands that are doing the rounds now, like we just went on tour with this mystery band. A lot of the mm. members of that band and their social crew kind of came from the same Mm. Uh, music underage music scene. Yeah, 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 of course. A lot of familiar faces still kicking around. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, tell me about the first time you ever played live. Ever? Ever. Like it would have been together. Yeah, we played been, yeah. Coburg West uh, School Fate in yeah, hell yeah two thousand and three. Um, and we played a twenty eight day song called Rip It Up. I'm um, I'm okay. Trust me. <laughs> do, you know that, do you know that song? Oh, very much so. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure if you, if you haven't heard it, listeners, get on board. It is a masterpiece. It's an opus forte of Australian music. It really is. Errors defining, I would say. At least, epoch defining. Yeah. <laughs> but we played a lot of originals then as well. Like we had, we probably only had one or two covers. Yeah, like, we had was a, were they it's in a similar rap rock? No, 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 they were completely no, different. No, they were all completely different. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we had a song called "This Is Not a Scar Song" that was uh, scar. Oh, well, I mean, was... loosely you could loosely define it as scar. So you have fooled me twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else was it? a song about Valentine's Day that, that Valentine's Day really does suck? Um, yeah. There was a song about Joe. Joe, yeah. A fictional character. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I don't know. it was great, man. That was so much fun playing. Like, Some of the songs were like, actually okay. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, we, should, we should reunite with Next in Line. That was the Next name of the line, band yeah. at that that's point. A, that's a ripper high school band name. Yeah, Next in Line, man. That was a fucking awful, awful band. Terrible. <laughs> <clears throat> Top it. Where do we go from there? You, uh, mentioned, you mentioned Australia's worst band. So give us a highlight reel. Oh, of all the bands we've been in. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we had Next in Line. Mm-hmm. That was our band for probably like three or four years in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had our ups and our downs, you know. We had a, we had a guitar player who would... Not get on stage. Not get on stage. He was so really? scared, man. Yeah, stage yeah. fright. So we had to get a second guitar player just so... Just, just like a backup. <laughs> Not just in case, just because our first one, like, would never get on fucking stage, man. So we had to get the second guy who was reliable enough to actually, you know, play with us. Um, he's, he's doing well now. He's yeah. in a band called Neighborhood Youth. They're oh, cool. Another fantastic Melbourne band. Nice. You should check it out. Mm. Yeah, not the first one though. The, the, the first Matt Oliver is he? Yeah, he's he's still around, but he's not playing in any bands. <laughs> Too um, scared. Yeah, he's can get on stage. Man. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be alright of it now. <laughs> yeah, he'd be better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay, we had them, and then we we jammed with our good mate JP for a long time. We we had a mm. band called Melbourne. B U R M B. Yeah, you know, you got it. Yeah, that w- and that was cool. We played a lot of. We were getting into um like a lot of reggae and jazz and fusion. Jazz Ooh, fusion. It was a weird, weird fucking mix. <laughs> reggae just, and jazz fusion. It was just music that we loved, man. Billy like, Cobham covers. Yeah, we did. We did like some jazz and we like like yeah like jazz rock and we did some reggae and we did some indie rock <clears> and we it was a weird like it was a weird mix, that was a mix weird of music band, but it was a good band. Yeah, but we were, we were, we're getting better. We're, we're getting, getting, we're getting alright. We're finding our chops. Mm. And then probably me and Ian, um, went Started playing folk. Yeah, we, we, and we, we, that's right. We also played with, uh, Mandy Connell. Yeah. Like a pretty prominent Melbourne folk singer-songwriter. Yeah, right. We played with her for, like, two years. Yeah, man. Like, both of us. Yeah. On yeah. the jazz brushes. Yep, yeah, jazz like, brushes. Yeah, like mallets. She, <laughs> like, it was really hard to play with her, though, because it was, she was a real, like, sort of self not self-taught but like like she, she certainly wasn't like 
keep you know she wasn't she, she wasn't, wasn't able music to school. yeah she wasn't music school and she wasn't like keeping in time mm, all the time mm. you know she but it was good it was good exercise yeah actually. yeah we'd sort of have to follow her a lot of the time which was it really kind of develops keep your, you on your toes yeah. oh god yeah helps you listening and yeah. to like what the person leading the band's actually doing yeah right she'd skip beats like yeah it was great like. And it was just like that's how one beat count-ins as well was what oh, was her fun. thing. She'd go, oh, boom, straight into the song. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good. It was like the way like a person like that plays music is just like completely on a whim. It's what they're feeling at the time, and it's mm. just like a live emotional expression yeah. of what they're feeling internally. You know, then what? Then we. I mean, we've, we've played in separate bands as well. Like, I've played with this um, Colombian band in Melbourne for a long time called Madramonte. No shit. Yeah, so. I've, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty much on hiatus at the moment. They've, got a, they've had like two or three gigs in the last two years. But they, but you know, we went we went on tour with Cat Empire. We supported Cat Empire on wow. their tour on an Australian tour. So like it's that nothing was, to be sneezed at. That's no, pretty good. it was really good. It was really, it was really good. And you're playing drums or percussion yeah. or yeah, no, yeah, drums. So they had a percussionist as well. Classic. Um, yeah. So we've had. Was our, that the first time you've gone out on on a on a tour? Pretty much. Yeah. That yeah, was that wow. was my first sort of you know um, Australian tour. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. It's like that would have been like a pretty illustrious theatres and stuff as well yeah yeah I mean, forum didn't you uh where did we play in the festival hall yeah, festival hall we Massive did, uh, we did a whole yeah. pavilion here oh crazy yeah it was it's a good gig that was fucking oh, man. scary man playing at hall sold out as well yeah. like what 5,000 people yeah 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 there? that was fucking scary gig man really scary no but then you get it. then you start playing the first song and then you forget about how many people are in the room yeah, yeah. trying to get through the gig you know <laughs> Any other uh, separate entities on your behalf, Ian? I kind of... I've played in a couple of things, but nothing really of note. I kind of fell off the like the boil a little bit until I kind of started playing again. I don't know. What was that? Uh, my music, like, kind of, I guess, for want of a better word, like, professional music career has been pretty sporadic. It's not really, like, something that I've... And I chased after it's always been something that I don't know if someone needs a bassist so I'll put my hand up or they'll ask me and I'll just say yes out of convenience right. I'm their mate so I just have to do it it's not like yeah. is, that, really is, that how, is that how Press Club came to be? Uh, no we're a bit of like a, an evolution from a, a former band so Natalie and myself um, met during music school right. like a, a uni course sort of thing um, that Frank also studied that, but he graduated before we started. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, because he is far now. superior to us. <laughs> um, and we started the band, and then it kind of we went. That on. was that was Tully on Tully. Tully, on Tully we, yeah. we played we we played together for about three or four years. I came in a bit later. Mm. Ian got me into the band maybe a year or two after they started. Right, yeah, right. and we had another piano player, another member, and Greg came in after about maybe nine to twelve months of us being extant and then kind of metamorphed over the years into the lineup that is now press club I guess like we kind of had our Pete our piano player decided to leave and pursue mm. different things also music but yeah. uh, just a different vein of stuff and yeah. we decided to regroup and kind of just yeah write as many songs as we possibly could and let the songs determine what the band was and yeah. that outcome was press club I guess with that with the ending of that band it was about 
we didn't we, we decided we didn't want to be playing the same music anymore like right the, well wait Tully on Tully at the end of Tully on Tully we were kind of like we're not really into this music anymore yeah and We've you fall into it. a rut like yeah when you're playing in a band mm. they're like like you, you develop a sound and then you just start writing songs to fit that sort of template or mold and you don't ever get a chance to take a step back and probably analyse like is this actually the sort of music that I want to be playing mm. it just kind of becomes rote that's just the sort of thing that happens it's true that's absolutely true it's a bit of a conundrum you know yeah for sure, yeah, and, it's, sure. And, and, and you I suppose you know you've got to be really honest with yourself when you're playing music it's like is this still the kind of music I want to be playing? Yeah, you gotta, yeah. I think you've got to ask yourself. I think you've got to be honest with yourself and ask yourself that as much as possible. Yeah, because there's a lot of external pressures that like that probably want you to be playing the same fucking thing. Yeah, of course. At like all the time, you know, like mm. without any kind of real deviation from the form, the formula, whatever. Mm. So what was what was the first show as Press Club? We played a gig at a bar that just opened up in Melbourne on Smith Street called Woody's Dive Bar. Right. Which is like a dive bar. It's kind of like sounds a, like a dive. Bar. It's kind of like a mock dive bar right. that's been built above a quite affluent, like fancy pants cocktail bar on Smith Street. I've been to a couple of gigs there. It's alright. It's cool. Yeah, we've it's been right. to a couple of shows there. We only played there once, but yeah, we played with a band called Birdhouse and. Mild Manic. Mild Manic. Yeah. Ah, uh, right. yeah. On, yeah, it was like early, early 2017. Although, I mean, technically, yeah, right. technically there was some transitional gigs. Yeah, we did some like water testers. Yeah, when we were, see, we, we wrote and recorded the album before we played that Woody's gig. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we um, did play a couple of gigs in the lead up to recording as under a different under a pseudonym one of the bands was called one of the pseudonyms a nom de plume mm. was Headwreck we played a couple of gigs it's called as Headwreck, Headwreck. Yeah. Um, which obviously became a song title rather yes. than a band yeah. name and what else did we play as I think that was it that's probably yeah, yeah. we probably just used that yeah but that kind of, we kind of had to test the waters with the music and we did we recorded it all before like the songs were That's like wild. the songs were always going to be the kind of the essence of the band's being like we needed to we wanted to really knuckle down focus on them we wrote 40 and distilled them down to <laughs> ten there's only there's only 10 real tunes on the album there's yeah. like mm. side B is not really a, a song <laughs> it doesn't count I consider yeah. that a song I've, I haven't played it since <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny isn't it because like I mean you, you think it's crazy you, you know you, you think about it and it's like oh well that's crazy they recorded all the music before they started playing gigs but mm. actually it's a lot fucking harder to yeah. play gigs while you're recording an album uh, like we're trying or to write do, songs while you're playing fucking gigs like. we're trying to do that at the moment trying to mm. write songs while we're playing gigs mm. and it's really hard. You, you know, your 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 focus is completely yeah, divided. Can, yeah, totally. It's really good to be able to like, like we did. We set aside time and focus solely on like the craft of songwriting and mm. and then the recording process without any of the distractions of oh, we've got a certain, am- a certain amount of time allotted in a rehearsal session or a songwriting session, but we've got a gig coming up, so we've got to play the set two times so there goes an hour and a half of your what could be productive like creative time yeah you could write two songs in that time you could write three you know 
just flies by. Yeah. Super quick. It fl- absolutely fucking flies. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's our main problem, man. We just don't have time. time to do yeah, anything. totally, totally. God damn. So, what was the first press club tour from there? Uh, this is the first press club tour. Oh, ever? This is yeah. our first headline tour. Yeah, we've come up to Sydney supporting and we supported Smith Street Band on that national tour. Yeah, right. Um, but this we is, haven't even started so you've the just, tour yet. You've just yeah, done, like, you've just yeah, done yeah, like fly in, fly out sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, I mean, that Smith Street thing was, was more of a... Um, that was a, like a bit, that was a bit of a slog. slog. Yeah. Not that it was bad. No, it was, no, it was awesome. in a good way. It was like yeah, but it was a work. logistical thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was almost full time work for those seven weeks. Yeah, but like this band itself has now probably gotten more attention than you know any of the projects you've you've worked on on previously. Is that Absolutely. kind of a weird thing after you know so so many years of you know not so much slugging it out, but you know like having you know like like you mentioned this myriad of different projects mm. across so many genres to. You know, be at this point now where you're seen as this. Oh, you know, this young and upcoming band. It's just like, oh, we've been doing this for a while, actually. Yeah, I reckon yeah. you find the same thing with almost any musician in Australia. Totally, because, like, yeah. They, they're like, not that we've experienced any sort of success or anything. I mean, it's just we're getting a lot more work now. Every, there's so many musos out there, particularly in Melbourne. I, don't, I, I can't. I don't know about Sydney because mm. I don't live here, but there's so many people grinding away and. Eventually, some of them like kind of might boil to the surface and get a bit more get get noticed more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On. yeah. More attention and and I suppose it's uh, I suppose to summarize, it's good. It's it's it feels great to be selling out shows and to be you know doing our you know doing our first tour to sell out shows in in Brisbane mm. and and Sydney and stuff and yeah. like it's 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 surprising. Yeah, it's, but, it's really kind of dumbfounding. You don't like, yeah. I don't know who who's buying these tickets. <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't know anyone in the audience tonight, really. And that, you know, that that'll probably be a first. It's validating, though. I yeah. guess, like, yeah, it's validating because it, there's a lot of fucking work that goes in. Yeah, to creating anything, and particularly like an album, and then to try and take it on the road. There's so much that goes into it behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. So, so to have like to be validated and gratified by. It, having these sh- sold out shows and selling a lot of records and stuff it's, it's, it's real nice this is also the first this is also the band I've felt the most passionately about and it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's gratifying to know that you can say the same about what, all members that's what yeah. people that's what pe- like that's what people like it, about it maybe hopefully yeah. is that the Organic fact that we this. like it so much mm. we like our music and it's great to know that other people do too yeah for sure so we'll wrap it up here but before we do that I ask this of all of my guests and now it's your turn press club I want to know about the best and worst shows you have ever played in your entire lives in our entire lives indeed feel free to start on either or so you can go best than worst or worst than best I reckon our best would probably be pretty similar yeah well what's yours a best one of the big theatres on the recent Smithies tour Mm. like Adelaide was Gangbusters. Yeah, oh, the crowd was yeah. yeah. Thebiton, yeah. Even like we did two of the Tivoli's in Brisbane. That was yeah. kind of fucking gobsmacking. And more here was yeah. like bananas. Like all of those big shows are just you yeah. like we were opening and then Beck was playing after us and mm. you expect no one to be there because you're the opener, but we got there and we'd like walk out on stage and be like, Hey, the venue's already like half full pretty much <laughs> capacity. It's like this is flattering. What are they doing here? They lost. <laughs> yeah, no. Best shows. That's a hard one to nail down. 
worst shows. Worst show. Even harder because I've played a lot of really <laughs> shit <laughs> shows. <laughs> like I've busked before. That's oh like, man, that's, that's brutal. brutal. But in terms of like, oh, like when actually, you know what? When we were in Tully on Tully, I won't name the venue or the city because there's only a couple venues in this city. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a joint in New South Wales mm-hmm. that we went to, and we and we, did, we didn't. Well, you'll you figure it out once it starts on the story. <laughs> we were like asked to, like we went in thinking, you know, we'll play like a like a like a 30 minute set and get oh, out of there fucking this is the worst thing for me as well yeah I mean there's been a few like this but this one was really heartbreaking so we went in there played a 30 minute set and then the and we were like you know let's get out of here and then the venue comes up to us and goes hey you guys are booked in for like two 45 minute sets you need to pay you need to play this money to get paid you need to play this, these two sets to get paid so we ended up, you know, playing the same songs over and over again and like, you know, people was, just weren't interested and oh, like it was just brutal. It was like a train wreck. Just an absolute train wreck. A real did. train wreck. And it was God really damn. our own fault. It was really our own fault because we didn't even check oh how long are we supposed well, to be? We didn't be know and we didn't have that much material anyway. I, I don't know, like I think it was just a miscommunication. Yeah between us and the venue but that was a Those fucking bad. that was a stinker that's the worst for me as well yeah we did a festival we, we, we did like this like wine festival one time in Melbourne that was oh, pretty wow. much the same thing like same we, deal, yeah. we finished a set and then uh, we, we finished our set and then the venue came up to us and said hey you've still got 15 minutes left you need to fill out the rest of the time so mm. you know you end up playing the same songs again or unrehearsed material uh. <laughs> you know like you'd I think, think that, that happens to every museum yeah. At some juncture, in yeah, totally, totally. But sometimes playing to no one can be cool. Like you'd think that some people would say that their worst kick is one to would be one to no people or to like a few people. But sometimes they're actually they're fun. Yeah, some like really like really really fun gigs. It changes your way. like it changes your psyche when you're playing to absolutely no one as well. It like completely diffuses what pressure might exist when you're playing to mm. you know, like fifty hundred whatever. So you like you can I feel like you can kind of have more fun. It becomes more of like a a rehearsal room vibe rather than some sort of live gig I can appreciate that yeah, yeah. I've definitely I've definitely played a fair few of those shows myself <laughs> and you're just like yeah you know what? let's just treat this as practice we, we might get something out of it how many musicians are out there that would love to be playing any kind of gig tonight yeah yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> there are children starving in Africa yeah that's right, it. Yeah. Just play the <laughs> The album is late teens. It is out now. It will be out still by the time that you hear this. It will It'll continue be to be out uh, for quite some time. Uh, and uh, whenever you're listening to this, there might be a chance that Press Club are coming to a town near you. So come out and say good day, gentlemen. Thank you so so much for your time. Very thank much appreciated. You so thank much. you very much. I'm David James Young. Oh my friends.